Welcome to episode 258 of the TruthQuest podcast, The Truth About Useful Idiots. Before we get started, I want to invite you to check out the TruthQuest merchandise website at truthquestshirtfactory.com, where we are designing shirts inspired by various podcast episodes. With each shirt design, there will be an explanation of what to expect from those brave or inquisitive enough to ask you about it. In most cases, there are links to podcast episodes that will help further your understanding of the importance of each phrase. We hope you take the challenge of wearing these shirts in public and to family gatherings. Don't worry. We feel confident that we will equip you with the rhetorical tools and knowledge to engage in a conversation or debate that is sure to ensue. The impetus of this episode was a recent encounter I had with someone who is the polar opposite of me politically, a registered independent but a hook-line-and-sinker Democrat voter. I would call this person an NPR liberal. Out of genuine curiosity, I asked him, or her, for their opinion on RFK Jr. and his run for president. What does a lifelong Democratic voter think about a competition for the nomination against a sitting president in his or her preferred party? Get this. Not only did he or she show only the slightest bit of recognition at the name, but he or she had no idea he was running for president. I was incredulous. How can you not know that the current president, the one you voted for, has a formidable opponent for the party's nomination? I started putting pieces together when I remembered a similar conversation with this same person a few months earlier. I asked this person what they thought about Dr. Fauci. Response, I like him. Follow up from me. Are you aware of all the lies he has told the American people over the last year, year and a half? Answer, crickets. Nothing more than a slight shake of the head as if to say, I'm an idiot. I'm the conspiracy theorist. I'm the problem. Well, all of this is anecdotal. It got me thinking about all the damage the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party has been doing to the country since 2012 when Obama took office. I began to reflect on all the shit the Dems have done to the country and wondered why their voters never revolt. They and the alphabet soup conspiracy media never say no. They never push back. They never ask real questions. They never chastise their party leaders when they misbehave, break the law, or cheat. They just smile, applaud, cheerlead, accept, and or endorse everything the National Democrats say and do. I remember Rush Limbaugh used to say, I know liberals like every square inch of my glorious naked body. Thanks to people like Rush and many years of following politics, I feel similarly, minus the glorious naked part. So why don't Democrat voters revolt against their destructive party? Well, my answer is threefold, but each reason builds on the other. Number one, either through ignorance or laziness, these folks are not intellectually curious. They like being told what to do and what to think. This, of course, makes them susceptible and accepting of totalitarian-like dictates from politicians from their team. They are perfectly happy and willing to be told what to think. After all, being told what to think is a passive activity, whereas learning or demonstrating the ability of how to think is active. The people we're talking about here tend to be passive, so it makes perfect sense that they're okay with being told what to think rather than critically analyzing information and making up their own mind. Number two, the people we are talking about are driven by their feelings. They're not principle-driven, rather feelings-driven, making them susceptible to the next thing. Third, these people are not on a truth quest like we are here on this podcast. They are on a quest for a confirmation of their biases. 
When faced with an alternative view, they freeze as they are incapable of defending their beliefs because they don't know why they believe what they believe. Fourth, they lack the intellectual curiosity. They're intellectually lazy, and it makes them good team players. They are willing to hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil when it comes to their team, but all too willing to hear it, see it, and speak to it when it comes to the other team. I often talk about the Trump and America-hating shit-talkers on this podcast. This is where that phrase comes from. Fifth, given one through four that I just laid out, these people tend to live in a media bubble, one that affirms their biases, never presents both sides of an issue, and always, always roots for their team regardless of the circumstances. And finally, all of that makes them susceptible and accepting of propaganda, brainwashing, gaslighting, and ultimately weaponized against anyone who does not think like them. The Democrats, with the help of the alphabet soup conspiracy media, have slowly radicalized and weaponized their base. The fact that their voters are not intellectually curious and only looking for validation of their preconceived notions of the political environment, coupled with the fact that they tend to isolate themselves, at least when it comes to where they get their news, they are susceptible to what can only be described as brainwashing or the poisoning of their minds. I must pull the lever for the person with the D next to their name because I've been told that all people with an R next to their name are domestic terrorists and racists and transphobes and bigots and homophobes. They are deplorables, bitter clingers. They are Christian nationalists and anti-vaxxers and extremists and Nazis, a threat to our democracy. They're election deniers. They are climate change deniers. They are members of the alt-right and QAnon. The normals think of their political opponents as people first, but maybe people with bad ideas. The weaponized, useful idiot Democrat voter thinks their political opponents are bad people. Bad people with ideas. You see the difference? It's sinister, and it's evil. All of these ad hominem attacks, all the name-calling, all the attacking of the person rather than engaging in a debate is another hallmark of these people. Attack a person rather than attack the topic. Anything to avoid a debate. They can't possibly engage in a debate. It's too risky. They risk getting their pride and their worldview crushed, and that is a very scary proposition a risk that most of these folks are not willing to take. The fact that they are intellectually lazy and tend to live in a confirmation bias bubble, they are susceptible to propaganda and brainwashing, as I've said before. Their news sources lie to them for years on end, i.e. Trump, Russia collusion, all things COVID, including the often toxic, sometimes deadly COVID so-called vaccine. The border is secure, Trump is the devil. So is Tucker Carlson, Michael Flynn, Roger Stone, and Rudy Giuliani. They are perpetually gaslighted by their politicians and news sources. There is no inflation. Inflation is transitory. We are not in a recession. Gas prices are down. Hunter Biden's laptop has all the hallmarks of Russia disinformation. It's no wonder these people are so susceptible to the latest social contagions. Some people call it mass psychosis. These people are scared to death. They're scared to speak out because they know their friends and acquaintances with whom they share the bubble with will loudly reject them. Some of them are genuinely afraid for their lives. Think about it. They've been told their entire life that the world is going to end in 12 years unless we stop using fossil fuels. They've been told that Trump, MAGA, and Republicans are extremists and a threat to democracy. 
COVID wrecked these people. They were lied to and they swallowed each lie without a moment's thought. The vaccine is safe and effective. The vaccine prevents transmission. If you get the vaccine, you cannot pass it on to someone else. You need to protect grandma. They think natural immunity is a conspiracy theory. They think COVID-19 escaped from a wet market. They have no idea that the Wuhan lab was partially funded by the U.S. government, i.e. Fauci. They are not intellectually curious enough to wonder why young, healthy, vaccinated athletes are dropping like flies of cardiac arrest. Or maybe they don't even know about it. They still think it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated when it wasn't a pandemic at all. And if you want to grant it a pandemic status, it was the exact opposite. A pandemic of the vaccinated. Do you think these folks know anything about the adverse effects of the often toxic, sometimes deadly COVID so-called vaccine? Are they aware or even care that the CDC changed the definition of the word vaccine because the often toxic, sometimes deadly COVID so-called vaccine did not fit the current definition? Are they aware that everyone who received the often toxic, sometimes deadly COVID so-called vaccine was participating in a drug trial without informed consent? Do they even know what informed consent is? What do you think their current opinion is of the usefulness and effectiveness of lockdowns and masks? Did any of these people push back for even a second on any of the COVID mandates? These people probably still think ivermectin is horse medicine. Similarly, they, they probably think hydroxychloroquine is a pool cleaner. They never considered purchasing them for themselves or their loved ones who might have been saved from the COVID virus had they simply used them. Behind ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, there are a number of treatment and preventive protocols published throughout the so-called pandemic that useful idiots are completely unaware. Of course they're unaware that they were never discussed on the alphabet soup conspiracy media, and they were heavily censored on social media. These people have no idea that hooking their loved ones up to a ventilator and pumping them full of remdesmavir was a death sentence, but it made the hospital and Gilead Sciences a shit ton of money. Brandon Smith from Alt Market summed this up nicely when he wrote, quote, The political left uses the mentally ill as a bludgeon, as easily manipulated tool for chaos. During the lockdowns and restrictions, the establishment and the media stoked the fires of paranoia. By themselves, they have no power. They need the crazed mob as a weapon to keep the rest of the country afraid and in line. They needed good little Stasi, always watching, always correcting, always screaming at those without masks, attacking those that refused to get vaxxed, and mocking those that spoke out about scientific inconsistencies. And in return, the establishment made the mentally ill feel as if they were normal. For a fleeting moment in time, the most unstable and narcissistic people on the planet were made to feel like that they were on the right side of history and rationality. It was a parasitic feedback loop that almost destroyed the last vestiges of America." End quote. The average Democratic voter, at least at the national level, is in an abusive relationship with both their news outlets and their preferred political party. They are sheeple being led to slaughter. They are useful idiots. I'm not saying that to be derogatory. It's very purposeful because they are not intellectually curious, not on a truth quest, rather on a quest for confirmation bias, which makes them susceptible to the propaganda and brainwashing that they get on a daily basis. They live in a bubble and vote for the person with the D next to their name no matter what. They are useful, very useful to the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party. The term idiot simply refers to the fact that they are ignorant and kept that way by their news sources, which serve as the propaganda arm of their preferred political party. 
Why does the left go through so much effort to keep the sheeple dumb and compliant? I mean, they are engaging in a multi-decade plan here. They're playing the long game. Why? Because their agenda, the left's agenda, is anti-human. It's anti-liberty, it's anti-freedom, it's anti-religion, anti-family. They are in pursuit of power for power's sake because it feels good. They love having control. They love telling you what to do. They love spying on you. They love censoring you. It's pure evil. And to answer my question why they expend so much energy with their boogeyman and their lying and their cheating and their gaslighting and their character assassination, it's because the average person is not anti-human, anti-liberty, anti-freedom, anti-religion. The average person loves and values their family. So the left must essentially trick people into voting for them and endorsing their anti-agenda. With all that said, what doesn't the average Democratic voter know, but should? That is, if they were the slightest bit intellectually curious, if they did not live in a media bubble, if they weren't constantly being subjected to brainwashing and propaganda. Well, besides knowing who Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is and the fact that he's running for the Democratic nomination for president, they know next to nothing about Biden's disastrous and deadly withdrawal from Afghanistan. They sure as hell don't know that Biden was censored by the UK Parliament because of the withdrawal. He's the only president in history to have such a distinction. Think about that. Not even George Washington was censured by Parliament, and his job was to kill British soldiers. Only Joe Biden was. These people think white supremacy is a real problem in America because they've been told so. Who with a straight face might say the riots and looting in the summer of 2020 were mostly peaceful? Similarly, these people will tell you that words are violence. They will tell you that free speech does not include offensive language. It does not include lies or myths or dis or malinformation, even though those words weren't even in the vocabulary five years ago. They will put semantically overloaded political sloganeering signs in their yard that say shit like Black Lives Matter, Science is Real, Love is Love, Women's Rights is Human Rights, No Human is Illegal. And they'll scoff at you if you say, hey man, don't all lives matter? And if you ask them to define a woman, they can't. But boy, oh boy, they are so proud that that sign is in their yard. Look at me. Look at how empathetic, hip, and down for the struggle I am. You remember Stuart Smalley from SNL, Al Franken's character? He would utter affirmations in the mirror. That's what these people are doing. I am a better person than all the rest of you who don't have that sign in your yard. It's all about feelings. Think about all the lies these people were fed about Trump over the years. I mean, we are talking epic levels. Lies on top of lies on top of lies for years on end. What about this whole classified documents fiasco? The raid on Trump's home. He's a traitor, even though he actually has the legal authority to keep these documents. Biden does the same damn thing, and we get nothing but crickets. Do you think these folks know what conclusions were arrived at by the Mueller investigation or special counsel John Durham's report? Do you think they are aware that the signatories of the letter signed by the 51 former intelligence officers claiming Hunter Biden's laptop had all the hallmarks of disinformation, do you think these people know that it was a lie? Given that the useful idiots tend not to be principle-driven, combined with the fact that they have been convinced that Trump and his supporters are the equivalent of domestic terrorists or worse, they are all too willing to discard the constitutionally protected rights of the man and many of his advisors. They would never dream of calling out the weaponization of law enforcement against all things Trump and all things conservative and all things counter to the approved narrative. They would never oppose the use of lawfare 
to bankrupt political opponents of their regime. I mean, if Michael Flynn, Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, and Rudy Giuliani are stupid enough to associate with a Nazi, then they should suffer the consequences. That's the way these people think. If you were at the Capitol on January 6th, that must mean that you're part of MAGA domestic terrorist group and therefore subjected to unconscionable levels of constitutional violations. Meanwhile, back in the rose-colored glasses world, these people have been told over and over again that unlike Bush and Trump, Obama had a scandal-free administration. Despite the fact that Obamacare, Barack's signature piece of legislation, was one of the biggest legislative frauds ever perpetrated on the American people. Looking back, it was the prelude to the wholesale lack of concern for the voters that we now see in D.C. The National Democrats realized just how useful the useful idiot voting block was. Just feed them mountains and mountains of bullshit on a loop and they will swallow it and vote for more. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. This program will lower premiums by $2,500 a year. And everything else that came out of that crook's mouth were all lies. Keep in mind, zero Republicans voted for it, whereas 86% of congressional Democrats did vote for it. The useful idiots have never heard of Jonathan Gruber, much less heard his soliloquy, calling them stupid and thanking them for being such. Otherwise, the Obamacare law would never have passed. The useful idiots have never heard of the Fast and Furious gun-running scheme. They've never heard of Eric Holder being held in contempt of Congress. Hillary Clinton's illegal email server? They may have heard about that, but it's a nothing burger, right? That's how they always talk. The useful idiots may have heard of the Benghazi screw-up and cover-up, but again, there really wasn't anything to see there. How about the infamous beer summit or Obama's handling of the death of Trayvon Martin? What about Jeremiah Wright? The decline in race relations during Obama's eight years in office. How do you explain that? What about his two autobiographies with depictions of nameless composite girlfriends? I'm not kidding. Go look that one up. What about the money laundering and influence peddling of the Clinton Foundation during Obama's years in office? And of course, Obama putting Joe Biden in charge of all things Ukraine. A scandal-free administration, my ass. Without Ukraine, there is no Biden crime family, which puts all of the current allegations right at the feet of Barack. Speaking of the Biden crime family, what do you think the useful idiots know about the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop? Doing blow off the backs of Russian hookers? Rotten teeth from doing meth? The fact that there is another Hunter laptop floating around out there? You think they know any of that? Do they know who Tony Bobolinsky is? Devin Archer? Tara Reid? Yulena Paterina? Have they ever seen the videos of Creepy Joe sniffing women? Do you think the useful idiots know or care about the 170-plus suspicious activity reports filled out by various banks against the Biden crime family shell companies? Do they know about Joe's plagiarism in 1988? What about inappropriate showers? Have they ever heard the phrase, what is the soul of a man for whom there are no consequences? Do the useful idiots know about Joe's youngest son's relationship with his oldest deceased son's widow? Talk about creepy. Are they aware of the Biden's seventh grandchild that just last week was officially acknowledged by the feral dog first family? Do the useful idiots know about Hunter's felonious gun purchase? Or what do they know about Burisma? Do they know anything about $83,000 a month? Or how about Hunter's artist career? Do they know anything about that? What about the Biden family's involvement in human trafficking? Or 
10% for the big guy. Do the useful idiots know anything truthful about January 6th? President Trump's offer to send in the National Guard that was declined by Pelosi and Mayor Bowser? And if January 6th was an insurrection, followed by years of outrage and the violation of political prisoners' constitutional rights and the rounding up of thousands of people who just happened to be in the neighborhood, where is the outrage from the useful idiots over the insurrections at state capitals around the country over the last year or so? Texas, Tennessee, Montana? All perpetrated by left-wing whack jobs. What are the odds that the average useful idiot still to this day thinks that Capitol Hill police officer Brian Sicknick was killed on January 6th by protesters? Do you think the useful idiots know who Stephen Sund is, the Capitol Hill police chief on January 6th? Do you think they know anything about what he had to say about that day? Do you think the average useful idiot knows anything about the rioting on Inauguration Day in 2017 in D.C.? Or about the attack on the White House while Trump was in office, resulting in the injury of several Secret Service agents and resulting in having to take Trump to the bunker? All of that was done by left-wing crazies. How much curiosity is there by your average useful idiot about which prominent Democrats were frequent visitors of Jeffrey Epstein's island? I mean, why sully the reputation of people like Bill Gates or Bill Clinton and the like? After all, they are members in good standing of the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party. Plus, it is damn obvious now that these people are okay with pedophilia and minor attracted persons, as we discussed in the last episode. Do you think the average useful idiot knows what percentage of oil extraction comes from federal lands and waters? Do you think they know Biden took them offline with an executive order on his first day in office, helping push up gas prices almost instantaneously? These people think that wind and solar can replace fossil fuels because they've been told so. And, of course, these useful idiots believe in the man-made global warming hoax, or climate change, or extreme weather, whatever it is today. Do you think the average useful idiot has any idea how many hundreds of thousands of illegal mail-in ballots were cast in the 2020 presidential election in Maricopa County, Arizona, Fulton County, Georgia, Detroit, Michigan, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or Madison, Wisconsin? These are the people with the coexist bumper sticker on their Subarus, but they are all too willing to allow the censorship of people who have different opinions than them. You wouldn't catch these people dead articulating opposition to the censorship of conservatives and libertarians among their fellow bubble-residing friends and acquaintances, but they want to coexist. As a matter of fact, these people have probably never heard of the Twitter files or the Facebook files. They've never read anything about Missouri v. Biden. They have no idea that the FBI acts as the choke point or belly button for online censorship. These people have no idea that the federal government has and currently is arguing in federal court that they should be able to censor American speech online. The favorite political party of the useful idiots is, of course, as we've been discussing, the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party. Do you think our useful idiot friends have any idea that the same people calling for reparations for African Americans over slavery are all members of the political party that supported slavery, supported fugitive slave laws, perpetrated racially discriminatory policies in the century that followed the Civil War, including Jim Crow laws? Do you think your useful idiot friends know any of that as they crow about equality? What about the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments? Do you think your useful idiot friends know that the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, was voted on by 100% of Republicans in Congress and 23% of the Democrats? Or the 14th Amendment, which granted citizenship to free slaves. 94% Republicans, zero Democrats. 15th Amendment, the right to vote. 
100% Republicans, zero Democrats. Do you think these people know that 9 out of 10 of the cities with the highest crime and murder rates are cities run by Democrats? Like, they've been run by Democrats for like 50 to 100 years. Unfortunately, the useful idiot crowd is not intellectually curious enough to ask simple questions like, well, why hasn't life improved for the minority communities in these godforsaken hellholes run by Democrats? Trump was right when he posed the question to black voters, what do you have to lose by voting for me? When it comes to economics, the useful idiots are clueless. Are you surprised? They think raising the minimum wage is a panacea rather than an unconstitutional bludgeon against low and no skilled workers. Do you think they know anything about the coming collapse of the U.S. dollar or the privacy-busting, intrusive, unconstitutional digital currency? Do you think they have any idea what or who the BRICS nations are, what causes price inflation, what modern monetary theory is, and how it is playing out in the U.S.? Have you ever asked one of these people to define fair share when it comes to their tax-the-rich banter? Try it sometime. All you will get is that all-too-familiar vacant, empty stare. Ask them a question any question about their so-called beliefs, and you will get the same. Do you think your average useful idiot understands that mental illness and a breakdown in the moral code is responsible for mass shootings, not the availability of guns? These people blame guns, gun manufacturers, gun purchase laws, and the NRA for shootings rather than the nut job who carries out the shooting. They conveniently forget to express outrage when it's discovered that shooters are self-prescribed leftists. Mass shootings committed by mentally ill leftists. That's strange. I wonder how that could be. Could it be that they have been driven mad by their favorite political party and the alphabet soup conspiracy media? Do you think that these people are aware of studies that documents more guns equates to less crime? What do the useful idiots think about the southern border? Well, of course, they think the border is secure because the evil, corrupt, lying Secretary of Homeland Security said so. This despite the fact that the border is actually wide open and the Trump wall was never built. Rather, the Biden administration honored the contract between the federal government and the contractors who were hired to build it, meaning Biden paid them but forbid them to do the work. The materials are currently rotting and rusting in the desert out there. These people have no idea the open border is a voter drive, but if they did, they would probably endorse it because, drum roll please, their team is doing it. They have no idea that thousands of military-aged Chinese have crossed the U.S. border, along with thousands of criminals on bond in countries around the world, and hundreds if not thousands of people on the terrorist watch list. Do you think the useful idiots know what Title 42 is? Do you think these people are aware of the fact that the Biden administration is facilitating the child sex slave trade at the border by ending the rapid DNA identification process whereby unaccompanied minors at the border are held until someone claims them who is a familial DNA match? By way of conclusion, I have another quote from the Brandon Smith. Quote, There are generally two kinds of people in the world, those that want power over others and those that just want to be left alone. The progressive ideology seems to be a breeding ground for tiny tyrants, people who have no individual power, little accomplishment, and no influence to speak of, but are still stricken with an obsession to micromanage the world around them. These folks see crisis and government overreach as an opportunity rather than a threat. End quote. He's describing the same useful idiots that we have been discussing here. I have previously described the useful idiots among us as analogous to a rudderless ship. They go wherever the tide takes them. 
When it comes to politics and public policy, the tide is the establishment narrative, which of course is whatever the National Democrats says at the time, which is then parroted verbatim on a loop by the alphabet soup conspiracy media for the consumption of our useful idiot friends and family. It's so easy to be a liberal weenie. It literally requires no effort, no critical thinking. Just follow the crowd, float in the tide, let your feelings be your guide. Pastor Andy Stanley often poses the question, how different would the world be if every Christian acted like one? I love the implication of that question. I think it works here. How different would our country or our world be if the useful idiots among us really gave a shit, like spent the slightest bit of time asking questions, formulating opinions, thinking critically rather than being a bunch of hook, line, and sinker, Kool-Aid drinking, mind-numb robots? How different would the country be if 70% of the population rejected liars, rejected propaganda, and rejected gaslighting? I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that question, but I can dream, can't I? And that's the truth about useful idiots. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, share episodes with your friends, and check out truthquestshirtfactory.com.